The World Run unites thousands of people. Last year, there was 934,000 cumulative kilometers logged by all of the race participants, which is a huge global effort. Every single race registration and all the donations go to, uh, to finding a cure or better treatment for spinal cord injury, which is so cool. Welcome to Connecting the Resilient. This is your host, Andrew Mangan. A little history, I suffered a spinal cord injury in December 2016. I started Connecting the Resilient to share stories of people who've gone through the experience of spinal cord injuries, but also from doctors, researchers, therapists, and more who share their information and their ideas and what they've learned from being in the spinal cord injury community. For more information, please visit our website at www.connectingtheresilient.com. Hi, it's Andrew here again. I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, as you know, I had an interview with Mike a little over two years ago, um, and I brought him back on the episode along with a good friend of his, uh, Jim Mullen, to discuss the Wings for Life World Run. Um, and this is a really, really cool event, and I encourage everybody listening to try to take time and to participate in this run. Um, it is on Sunday, May 5th, and it's really, really easy to sign up. You download the Wings for Life Run app, um, you log in, and there's a small registration fee which is donated to um, Spinal Cord Injury Research. The whole run is for Spinal Cord Injury Research. Um, you'll hear more about it in the podcast. But you download the app, join, and you can join Mike's and Jim's and mine team, um, team, hashtag team coast, uh, the number two coast. Um, and we are hoping to collectively run 5,500 kilometers. So help us uh, get to that goal and run for those who can't. Um, but I really hope you enjoy the podcast as much as I did uh, in recording it. And I hope to see all of you out there on Sunday, May 5th. Without further ado, my conversation with Mike and Jim. I'm uh, here with Jim on and Mike Shaw. Jim and Mike, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, man, big time. We appreciate it. So thanks for having us. And um, I, uh, I did an interview with Mike a while ago, uh, almost two years ago, and we talked a lot about kind of his accident, his recovery, um, and, and his whole attitude and outlook, and it's a really, really good interview. And so if you haven't listened to that, I definitely uh, recommend going back and listening to that. Uh, but Jim, this is your first time uh, on the podcast, so I know you got injured. Uh, right around when I got injured in, in 2016, in the fall of 2016. And could you talk a bit about uh, kind of your recovery uh, since then and, and that process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so September 2016, uh, I broke my neck in a pool, subsequently drowned, and uh, was very 
thankfully recovered by uh, some dear friends of mine and bandmates. I was on the on tour at the time in Ontario, away from uh, Nova Scotia here is home. And uh, we were up there for 10 days and I ended up staying for uh, almost 90 days uh, after I broke C6, C7, had a dislocation above that and uh, subsequent spinal cord injury and ended up in a facility in London, Ontario and was fused from um, C4 to T1. And uh, yeah, diagnosed uh, incomplete quadriplegic. Um, I had uh, a hard time breathing. I was on a ventilator uh, for probably four days or so. Um, all that kind of time for me was pretty foggy. Um, so, so yeah, so most of the recovery for me um, was at a rehabilitation center there in Ontario as well. And it was very slow and there weren't, uh, you know, there weren't a lot of promises being made, uh, that's for certain. Um, so it was a challenging time, obviously mentally, uh, as well as the most physically challenging time of my life. Um, but uh, I got through it and uh, maintained a positive attitude. I was very lucky to have family that were able to travel up and friends uh, support me. So. That made the biggest difference. Um, but yeah, eventually I uh, was able to, you know, get some good movement back in my legs and uh, was able to stand on my own and started taking steps, uh, much to everyone's disbelief. But it was an amazing feeling. I'll never forget it. Um, and anyway, it's again very grateful um, to have had the opportunity to have had the recovery I've had. Um, you know, it's not quite three years later, but, uh, where things have changed a lot for me, my mobility is, is very good. Uh, when I'm warmed up and, and feeling great, uh, most people could never tell, um, that I was, uh, paralyzed. So, um, I'm, I'm, uh, very grateful for that. And, and it did take a lot of hard work, uh, a lot of rehab in Ontario and then, once I was finally able to fly, um, I came back home to Nova Scotia where I continued rehab uh, in Halifax and then uh, outpatients in a, my home community in Kenville and continued to do uh, rehab on my own. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of the, the, I guess, the long and short of it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's, um, you've had uh, quite the recovery. I mean, you went from pretty out of it to your your gearing up for um a run in a little yeah. under two weeks and so kind of when was the first time um like when did you first start thinking about running like you started walking and then at what point at what what was the timeline of when you started working on running and what kind of pushed you towards that goal well actually uh, Andrew, that's a great segue uh, to our buddy Mike here, because um, when I was at the rehab in Halifax as an outpatient, I was struggling to to find someone who, you know, was had a similar recovery to what it looked like I might have. And um, 
just through coincidence, um, Mike was a friend of a, a dear friend of mine now, Aaron Sari, um, who was who was there at the rehab as well. And she put Mike and I in touch. And not long after, I was lucky enough to befriend Mike. He introduced me to Wings for Life and the Wings for Life World Run, and how, you know, he he planted the seed in my head. Uh, I hadn't done any running uh, at that point at all. So uh, the notion of, of running was, was pretty wild. Um, but it was right at that time in my recovery where, you know, I, I, I wasn't walking normally um, and, and still having major issues. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking about a run and uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a great goal and it really enabled me to, to kind of, look past what I thought my disability was. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which is, which is kind of crazy. Like it's the, it, this, it played the same role for me too. And like it in the spinal cord injury community, as you know, Andrew and Jim, I mean, we're all in it together. We call it the spinal cord injury club. It's like the most elite club in the world. You get to meet the most fascinating, amazing people absolutely nobody wants an invitation to the spinal cord injury club it's not something that you're like really striving for membership but it it uh selects us it selects a select few and there are gifts that come along with the injury depending on how you look at it and one of those things for me was like connecting with people like you and when i connected with jim and you too andrew like we are a very unique group of quadriplegics because most people don't have a physical outcome that involves healing and recovery and the incomplete paralysis. But both of you guys are two of the very few people that I've talked to in this world who have an injury similar to mine. And when Jim, you and I got connected and we started talking Wings for Life World Run, the reason why I got excited about the Wings for Life World Run in the first place for me was because it was a goal to work towards in my recovery. It gave me something a little bit bigger than just myself to to go after and luckily man you got on board and and here we are now team coast to coast oh. vancouver to halifax eh absolutely yeah. and mike when was the first um so when was your first wings for life run i did my first wings for life run in 2015 one year four months and 17 days after my accident which was longer, I think, than yours was, Jim. But yeah. we were in, in similar scenarios. Like I was walking and learning to run at the time, working towards the, the doing this charity event. But mm -hmm. still, when I showed up on the start line that day, I had no idea what I was capable of. And how does, um, and can you talk a bit about kind of the, the Wings for Life, um, the event in itself and, and kind of what it, um, as a broader goal, what it, what its goals are? Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, abs and absolutely, with for those of you out there that are new to the spinal cord injury world or don't know that much about it, the Wings for Life World Run is a charity event. With uh, the mantra or motto is running for those who can't, and a hundred percent of the proceeds that this World Run event generates go to spinal cord injury research. And it's called a world run because it's literally run around the world at exactly the same time in 
I, I don't know what the country count is, but it used to be they used to have race venues in 36 countries around the world. And now with the, the advent of the app run, where you can run based on a, a mobile phone app that tracks your progress, so you can run it literally wherever you are. The World Run unites thousands of people. Last year, there was 934,000 cumulative kilometers logged by all of the race participants, which is a huge global effort. And every single race registration and all the donations go to, uh, to finding a cure or better treatment for spinal cord injury, which is so cool. And on a, on a more macro level, like the race itself is unique as well, because once you start, there's no, there's no finish line. Well, technically the finish line comes to you. So once you start running the personal challenge, which is why it was such a great goal for Jim and myself to start doing is you want to see how far you can go. Because once you start, you just start running 30 minutes after you have began, there's a virtual catcher car and at, a, at the physical race destinations all around the world, there's an, actually a van rigged with a GPS tracking unit that sets off after you and incrementally increases its speed until it catches you. So the finish line comes to you. So you're running against yourself primarily to see how far you can go. You're running against everybody in the world who's doing it at the same time for such a good cause. And because the catcher car is coming after you, you're being chased. It's such a cool event. Like there's adrenaline involved, everything. When you hear it in the app on your headphones, like the catcher car is approaching. It like gives you that last boost to really push it to see if you can get even a few meters further to get uh, as high a, a, be a best personal result that you can. It's super cool. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's super exciting. I'm, um, like I'm planning on running it in, uh, in Leipzig, um, Germany, uh, where I am. Um, and then are you guys, are you both running, um, with like groups in an app run near you? Yeah, I've, uh, so yeah, so maybe we should just quickly talk about team coast to coast. So Mike and I were chatting one day and, and kind of, brainstormed the idea of how neat it would be to see if we could get a team together uh, to, to uh, you know, accumulate collectively enough kilometers to represent the rough distance between Vancouver and Halifax. Um, so we named the team hashtag Team Coast to Coast. And uh, Mike and I, you know, through reaching out through the spinal cord community, have uh, just an amazing list of ambassadors this year for the team um, helping us in our efforts to ultimately raise funds and awareness for spinal cord injury. So I have um, an organized app run here in Halifax and I'll be running there. Um, and Mike's got one out in Vancouver. And then there's a number of, of organized app runs uh, that hashtag Team Coast to Coast has put on across the country. Yeah, we really wanted to unite Canada and the spinal cord injury community in Canada in one effort to support the global movement. And Vancouver is the pretty much as far west as you can go on the west coast of Canada, and Halifax is as far east as you can go. So it's like they are, if you can run from Vancouver to Halifax, it is the distance across the country. And it's a lofty goal, but I mean, the whole thing, you got to 
if you aim for the stars and even if you fall short, you'll still land on the moon, right? So we're excited to see how many people we can get out this year. And if we can hit 5,500 kilometers all the way across, that would be just amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm, um, I'm definitely, um, definitely planning on joining the team as well. Although I don't know if I'll be a big, uh, big kilometer contributor. Um, Man, but you know what? You guys... Every step counts. You're, we're, uh, I mean, it's running for those who can't, right? And any step is a step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And um, do you know how many, how many members you're, um, you guys have as of now? I looked yesterday and we had 103, which was, I think, or maybe that was a couple of days ago, which was one more than we had last year on race day. And so okay. at, at this point, this year, we, last year, we had about 20 people registered a week to two weeks out from the event. So everybody came kind of trickling in in the days leading up to the race because people get pretty excited. But then when it, when, I mean, lots of people register and just right leading up to it. So we we're aiming for i think um christina at red bull has put out like if we get 500 people and everybody can run <clears throat> if we get an average of 10k if we get some good runners on the team then we'll be super close to the to the goal last year our team's average was uh 6.9k which is pretty good for a bunch of yeah. different reasons but like that for sure was was huge last year so we're we're stoked to already just have surpassed the numbers anyway yeah well that'll be that'll be really cool i'll definitely um i'll definitely spread the word and i mean anybody listening um anybody listening to this it's uh it's really easy to uh, to join on you download the app um and then you can look up the team and you can either do um a group app run in many locations uh, around the world but you can also do it by yourself in a virtual app run when you just you just um uh, just start running, running, but you just yeah, you just start when everyone else starts, and you run as fast as you can till uh, you get overtaken. I don't know what but, the uh, what the GMT time is. Do you gym? It's four a.m. Pacific Standard Time, yeah, it's, it's, Canada, eight a.m. where you are. Yeah, it's eleven o'clock UTC. UTC. Yeah, so I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense because it's one in Leipzig. Yeah, that makes so that it's makes it's pretty it's pretty early for some people. It's pretty late for some people, but uh, it's a yeah. lot of fun. You know, uh, the first year, my first year, I was still suffering from a lot of neuropathic pain uh, in my chest with, you know, any kind of dampness. Uh, like so, when we went, we were running beside the harbor in Halifax, and the winds were high, and I was soaked, and it was a painful experience, but it was so worth it. I, you know, I'd do it again any day. Um, yeah. And so, and it, Jim, you ran, was that nine months after your accident, eight months after your accident? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. And so, how far did you, um, how far did, uh, did both of you kind of, what were your goals on that first year and, and what, what, what did you end up, uh, achieving? Well, I got to go first because Mike smokes me all the time. Mike's a, <laughs> Mike's a serious runner. I, I don't have the uh, the build of a long distance runner, but uh, I'll tell you, I got, uh, I believe, just over 5K the first year and 6K last year. So uh, I'd, I'd be happy to just do that again because it was a real challenge. Um, I still deal with a fair bit of 
spasticity in my legs and and obviously you know um that comes with its limitations but it's it's so much fun and i'm really hoping i can beat my goals last year so 20 percent from year to year is massive man that's yeah. a big improvement yeah the first year sure. the first year i ran in in 2015 which there was a physical app run hosted at niagara falls in ontario the first couple yeah. of years I did it, which was pretty majestic, running beside one of the you know the biggest waterfall in Canada. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe that's one of the wonders of the world. Still, I'm not really sure. But anyway, <laughs> pretty, pretty, it's a, pretty it's a shared. It's a shared wonder. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, it's it, it, it's <laughs> on, it's on the border, so we both get to claim that one. But the um, the the first year I ran. I'm going to backtrack, actually. I'm going to tell you about my week leading up to the run because it's interesting. I, I started out training like months in advance because I had this goal set, right? It was, I was working towards it. And you had, to, you had to release a public goal online when you signed up to say, how far do you think you could go? And I had been doing about like four to five kilometers on the treadmill. So I was like, well, I'll put eight kilometers down. That seems like a good idea to me. I'm pretty... Uh, pretty naive at the time but uh because i didn't really understand how hard that might be because training on a treadmill is one thing it's like a hamster wheel you just kind of set the pace on the machine you put in the buttons and it just you your your walking gait and your patterning becomes very consistent and you learn to maintain that specific walk that gait that run when you start running on the ground it's super different like i went for my first practice run off the treadmill just six days before the event in Niagara Falls and I made it like less than two kilometers so just at one mile from my house before I had to walk home I was lit up with pain my back was on fire my neck hurt my legs were t the tone and spasticity was all consuming because there are so many different balancer muscles that you're working with that don't get fired up on the treadmill and I walked home and pulled off my my shoes and I had golf ball sized blisters on my feet. And I was like, wow. oh no, Yikes. what did I do? Like this is six days before the race. I've been working towards this for months. And I set an eight kilometer goal publicly on the internet. Why, why did I do that? And then I was like, well, I, I gotta still try. My flights are booked. I'm going to Ontario. I'm showing up that day on the start run. I got there on the start run. And in my mind, like, to be honest, guys, I'd failed before I'd even started. I was like, there's no way I'm hitting like a, and sure enough, I started running and the same thing happened. I, I started falling apart or coming apart at the seams. Like my legs were getting spastic. My, my feet were burning my neck, my back, everything was, even though I was dosed up on Tylenol and Advil, like I was still, I was brutal. And uh, <clears throat> something really interesting happened at about the two kilometer to three kilometer mark in the race, I was dragging my feet like crazy. My toes were dragging on the ground. And I was kept thinking that my, my dorsiflexion, like where you pull your toes up towards your shin or your knee, I couldn't lift my toes high enough to, do, to get my feet to swing by without dragging my toes on the ground. And toe drop, for anybody out there who knows spinal cord injuries, is really common if people are lucky enough to learn to walk again, you get this toe drop because it's hard to get the, the dorsal, or sorry, the, yeah, the dorsiflexion. And at about that three kilometer mark, I was like, this isn't working. What can I do differently? 
And I just started telling myself, I was like, push. And I realized, and it was crazy. I learned in this moment more than I learned in the prior six months of physiotherapy that it wasn't that I wasn't lifting my toes up enough. I wasn't pushing enough with my calves. And I just started saying calves, calves, push, push. And I would create space because when you push up off your calf, it creates enough lift in your body that you can swing your foot through. And so this mindful failure enabled me to crack out. I'm not kidding. I passed the eight kilometer mark and I kept going. At that point, I was like, oh, it's all gravy at this point. And I got to 9.57 kilometers. I, before the catcher car got me, I walked out to kilometer 10 and took a picture with the sign. And I was just like, I cannot believe it. It's like, you know what? If you're going to set goals, set lofty goals. Because if anything, like me, like I was so, I surprised myself with what I was capable of. And oftentimes we're our own worst enemy in that in that scenario, we don't we don't trust that we're capable of all that we're we are, and we don't we we can do more than we think we can do. But you got to permit yourself to believe that, and so that to me was was a massive win. But the uh, and then in year two, I went back to the start race, trained up even more, and this one's kind of sorry. This is a long winded answer to your question, but. <laughs> <No worries. laughs> I ended up I ended up running again and I had trained and I had run a couple 10k's leading up to the race outside this year so this year I was ready more ready than ever and I ended up running to just 10.49 kilometers 1 kilometer better which to me in my mind actually it was under a kilometer better it was like it, it was it was not quite there and in my mind I was like that was a bigger failure than the year before because I'd oh, yeah. set or it was a big failure. And even though I'd beaten my goal, or I'd beaten my previous run like the year before, my goal for every year number two was 12 kilometers. Because I was like, well, I made eight. I could probably make 12 this year. Or I made it almost 10 last year. I could make 12, whatever. But I barely beat it and I struggled all the way through and it was really difficult. And it was, uh, it was, dishearten it was a disheartening moment, to be honest. Even though I beat my last year's, run but in that uh in that moment i was like well okay i've obviously got to adjust the strategy like that's how you fail forwards right you yeah. <laughs> analyze the failure adjust the plan and then execute and i analyzed what happened and i realized i wasn't training for pace because if you want to go far in this run you've got to stay ahead of the catcher car as long as possible so if you set off quickly you will do uh, you will stay ahead for longer because you get a better head start. And anyway, in uh, the following year, because I've done it four years in a row now, the following year, I was in self-preservation mode with an injury. I made it just under 7K, 6.9 kilometers. And then the uh, the last year, though, never give up. I cracked off 12.5 kilometers and beat that 12-kilometer goal. That is, that is impressive. And so what are you... Um... How have you, how have you both been kind of training in preparation for this year? Um, and, and what are your, um, like, how are you feeling coming into a little under two weeks ago? I'm honestly worried, but <laughs> I know I can do it. But uh, I was last year, uh, I was, I was doing more training than I had this year specifically for this run. I've had uh, uh, me bothering me and uh yeah so i've got a lot of work to do in the next week basically uh to to get up there but i think i can do it we've got a great 
track this year, we're down at the waterfront in Halifax, which is completely accessible. So pretty excited about that. I've got a couple of friends who are joining me that have some awesome goals. Uh, actually, Erin, Mike, um, yeah, uh, Aaron, sorry, uh, she's coming down. We did an interview uh, the day before yesterday, or yesterday, and she actually went half a kilometer. That was the longest that she's walked. Um, Seriously, wow, wow. But yeah, I was really stoked for her, and she's hoping to get a kilometer, which is going to be awesome. And uh, my buddy Connor Hurdle, and he's going to be self-propelling himself, you know, and he's uh, he's an incomplete quad, so it's a it's neat. It was fun to get out and do a little test run the other day with them. Um, yeah, but I, I think I think I'm going to beat my goals from last year. I, I'd, I'd like to say I'm going to get 8K if that's what I'm going to commit to, Mike. I'll, I'll commit to it. Yeah, brother, aim high, shoot for the stars. <laughs> that's cool. I've I've got so much respect for like the likes of Aaron, and she's such a warrior. That girl has like been so dedicated to her recovery and everything, and is now in. Uh, she's an incomplete quadriplegic, but spends most of her time in a wheelchair. And is now into paracycling. So she's out on the track, like really going for it. And I've got friends like that in out, at, out west too, like Olivia Ray shows up, a guy named Dan Duffy. They're incomplete quadriplegics who self propel in a wheelchair. So they use a, a standard manual wheelchair with even with limited arm and hand function and just, just crank out as, as many clicks as they can. Even if, wow. yeah, it's it's so inspiring for me and everybody around. Really, it really is. That's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a really cool, really really cool event. Um, and and Mike, are you um, how do you say you are? Uh, how are you feeling, Preparing. kind of coming into this year? You know what? I'm. Uh, I would say, like Jim, I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> I've got uh. <laughs> I'm dealing with not a uh, not a injury per se. Well, it's hard to say. Like in my knee, always bothers me because I don't have full proprioception, so it hyperextends, like it locks and then pops and locks and pops because the ACL is somewhat damaged. I think I don't know. I haven't had an MRI on it, and I can't feel it. So I can't really tell. But the um, I've been training. I've been running since January. And I've been doing some outdoor runs and I've done some that are around like seven, eight kilometers. So I'm feeling fairly strong, but it all depends on how you feel that day. Like, I mean, I'm optimistic that I can, I want to try and I'm going to give it everything I can to try to beat 12 and a half kilometers like I did last year. My, I think I set a goal. I've kind of juggled it around. I'm like 13 and a half, 14 would be like really awesome. But I mean, that, that's a long way to run for like, most people let alone someone who like oh my, after my my legs want to give up on like I, they're strong but i just can't feel them and they start getting instead of getting tired and muscle burn they just get faster and, yeah, and yeah. so i've up to i know my capacity is there but who knows what'll happen on the day it depends how you sleep too like all these things you guys are aware of it it's like there are good days and there are bad days and i'm hoping that i hit it on a good day like i did last year yeah yeah well that is uh it's exciting. Yeah, I'm uh I'm excited and a little nervous, um, as I'm sure both of you are. Um, but it'll be it'll be a cool event, uh nonetheless. Um So I, my uh, friend uh my friend Cassie Sharp, who's uh she's a, a Paralympic champion for half pipe skiing. I used to 
I used to coach her in skiing way back in the day. And her, her coach of the national team program who coaches athletes in like a pretty high risk sport, it's half pipe skiing. And Cassie, before she, I think it was either won the X Games or maybe it was even won her Olympic gold medal. Her coach said to her, <laughs> Trenton said, he's like, hey, Cassie, or she was nervous. And she told the coach that first, I should precursor. She says, Trenton, I'm nervous. And he says, that's okay. He's like, when was the last time you ever did anything really dope when you weren't nervous beforehand? <laughs> and it's so, yeah. it, I was like, wow, that is monumental. Monumental because really, like, when was the last time you did anything really awesome where you were living at your edge, like chasing that like risk reward, like pushing the envelope, where you didn't have some nerves or some anxiety? That's what, that's where the fire in life is. That's what keeps you going, man. So don't don't think of nerves or the anxiety as a bad thing. That anxiety is just keeping you on edge. Or that yeah. sorry, that nervous energy, not the anxiety. That nervous energy just keeping you on edge. Yeah. Well. uh I think it's going to drive drive all of us on uh, two Sundays from now. Um, and to uh, remind everyone, again, the uh, the team is Team Coast to Coast. Um, and you guys, um, you can just download the app and, and join the team and, and run from, from really anywhere. So um, let's uh, hopefully we can all come together and we can reach the 5,500-kilometer uh, 5, goal. That'd be, that'd be pretty epic. Would it ever yeah. end? Yeah. If not, and if not this year, just like the Wings for Life World Run, we'll keep working at it and keep getting better for next year. So not a one we're not a one time deal either. We'll be doing this for a while. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, thank you both for coming on and, and, and talking about this. Um it's uh, it's a really cool event and I'm glad we could uh get you on and, and hear about hear about what you guys are coming together to try to achieve and, and what this what this event is achieving, um, I think it's a it's, it's a really good thing to get people aware of. Check out wingsforlifeworldrun.com. You can just throw that in the Google machine. Check it out, Jim. You got a pretty sweet social media handle, and Jim is super modest, man. This guy, he was on tour with Classified, not just any band. He was on tour with like the top Canadian <laughs> hip hop icon. And so Jim is someone like, eh, man, you're a talented human, but check him out. And what's your what's your handle? Oh, uh, yeah, just check me out wherever you want. Facebook, just Jim Mullen, or uh, check me out on Instagram. It's just uh, at Jim, J-M-N, music. Um, but, yeah, we just uh, – hopefully we can get people out and get this run moving. Like Mike said, we got a goal. It's lofty, but we can hit it. And uh, as long as people, you know, it, like Mike said earlier, it's the, the, the motto is about getting out and uh, run for those who can't. That's exactly what this whole thing's about, and it feels really good to do it. So, I hope everybody gets involved because um, I think they'll find the reward in it if they do. Yeah, it's massive. It's so good for yeah, uh, to know well you're said. pushing yourself and doing it for such a good cause. The spinal cord injury community worldwide is relatively small in number. It doesn't affect everybody, but when it does, those people are great in need. And so it's important. And the thing is, is it can affect anybody anytime. So <laughs> check it out, wingsplayworldrun.com. I've got, if you want to look at uh, Ski, all one word.com. And my social media handle is just also Mike Shawski, Twitter, Facebook, you name yeah. it. And be sure yeah. to uh, check out Mike. Um, Mike has a really, really cool uh, 
Red Bull did a really cool documentary on Mike. Um, that is, uh, it's called The Healing Agent, right? Yes, yeah, sir. that's amazing. Watching that when during my recovery was just phenomenal, like uh, unbelievable. Yeah, me as well. Yeah, so definitely go check that out. Um, and then after watching that, you'll you'll be out running running with us. But, yeah, that's. Uh, um, I'm lucky yeah. that I had lots of support along the way in my recovery, and to pay it forward to you guys and anybody else out there, I think uh, it's a real honor. So yeah, man, we're all we're all in this together, eh? And thank you, Andrew, very much for having us on. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. I can I can I can hear the smile in your voice when you're saying how excited you are for the run, and that's making me pretty stoked to to get out there on May 5th. So thanks again, man. Yeah, it's good. It's going to be a good time. I'll I'll see you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Mike and Jim. I'm really, really excited to to try to do this run in uh, a little over a week. Um, I am definitely nervous. uh, As I uh, I talked about in the episode, I, I haven't really haven't really been running much um, and can't really run that much so I uh, I'm gonna go out there and, and give it my all and uh, my goal is five kilometers um, and I have about 50 minutes before the chaser car catches me to reach that so I will try to reach those five kilometers but I uh, I hope a lot of you will be joining me um, wherever all around the world um, and on Team Coast to Coast, and maybe we can reach the 5,500 kilometer goal. And if not, then it's uh, just a really, really good, um, really good event, really good cause. And I'm excited, uh, excited to see you all out there. Thanks, and I'll see you again next month.